Welcome to Generation Fangirl. You were born in the 80s. And you were born in the 90s. And together we talk about Sega Channel and Stranger Things and everything in between. <laughs> My name is Caro. And I'm Peony. And this is Generation Fangirl, where we talk about nerdy culture things um, from a generational slant. Like we said, Peony was born in the 80s and I was born in the 90s. So we've got a bit of a gap in our ideas of nostalgia, but we still like the same things, but come at them from different perspectives. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of story time, a lot of interesting viewpoints, because even though we only have a few years difference, a lot of stuff happened in the early 90s and the, the geek community changed very rapidly. Like so it's just kind that. of interesting to like see, see the difference. So technically this is the second episode that we have recorded, but I like to think it's the first real big kid episode. We <laughs> did make one episode before this. It's kind of like an intro starter episode. Like I won't be mad us. if you skip it. Yeah, to get to know us. So we're not just weird strangers on the internet. I mean, we kind of are, but you know, it's a little less weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, our first ahead. episode is, was our origin stories. Where we just kind of talked about, you know, where we come from. Um, you can listen to that if you want, or you can just start here. That's all good. So to recap again, uh, my name is Peony. I am from Houston, and I grew up in comic books and all that jazz. And it's kind of the only community I've ever known. Um, my interests include, let's see, animation, uh, video games, cosplay. Mom. Long walks on the beach. <laughs> Long walks in the forest. <laughs> yes, yes, because you're a forest Look, gal. <laughs> looking for dragons. Trying to trying to find owls to be my friends. Yeah. You know, the usual thing. That's what every girl dreams of. <laughs> and I am Caro, and I wasn't really raised on nerdy things. My dad was really into Star Wars, but that was sort of it. But I got into manga when I was in middle school and role-playing on Neopets and comics. And I do cosplay and draw and make stories. And that's essentially me. I'm not no, it's a, good. I'm not I a, like yeah. it. Okay, cool. Anyway, today we're talking about D&D and the phenomena that it has become. And what it was and what it will continue being, I guess. <laughs> So we decided to choose D&D for our first episode because it's definitely a staple of nerdy culture, nerd culture as we know it from the 80s through now. Um, and it's pretty cool that it's had such a resurgence nowadays. Um, but before we get into our main topic discussion of it, I guess, do you want to do a get to know us question first? So to start off each episode, we like to do a little Q&A with each other. And you guys can feel free to answer these as well. We would like to know. I mean, I would like to know what your answers are. So I'll go ahead and do my first question because I'm the elder. <laughs> um, so mine is class related. My question is, what was the first, and it doesn't have to be one specific class. It could be like a kind of class, like a category maybe. So what was the first class that you played when you first played D&D &D, and has it changed today? Does oh, that yeah. question make sense? Yes, yes. When I first started, I was a druid. This was about a little over a year ago now because I did not start D&D &D until recently. 
Um, even though I've been creating characters and I did role play in middle school and high school and I like writing stories and stuff. So I love character creation, but I hadn't made one for a D&D world. But I chose Druid because I could do stuff with plants and do magic things, except I didn't, I fundamentally did not understand the point of um, being a Druid in that you can turn into an animal uh, and that stuff. So my character could not turn into an animal. She was just a really shitty Druid. <laughs> like, she okay I will talk more about her in our first character section I chose druid because I was like that's magical it's got some cool stuff like I can probably do some fighting things but I wanted spells definitely because I think that's where most of the fun comes from that and most recently my most recent character um, is a ranger and I chose that because I needed her to have some magic skills for a specific plot related reason but I wanted to try something that was more melee based or long distance fighting. So I tend to stick with some of the classes that have magic abilities because those spells are always lots of fun. What about you? First wow, D&D that's class. actually really interesting because my answer is similar. It's not the same answer, but it is similar because I actually, I've always wanted to play Druid, but for some reason, whenever I look at the like the stats and the mechanics, it always just didn't sound as fun as I thought it would be in my head. Interesting. Um, yeah, which it, it, I picked. I mean, you as a I feel. Like, yeah, right. And so it's just I, every time I, I I say, "Oh, I'm gonna play a druid," it just I'm like, eee. I also am very much into the magical stuff. That's just kind of always been my thing, and we will have many many more episodes about that too whenever i would start out it would always be you know wizard or sorcerer that sort of stuff but as i oh but as as time as time passed i wanted to try different ones right you know just Mm -hmm. try different classes and stuff so i would just pick random stuff and so now i'm kind of more into the tanky classes Mm -hmm. so those are Mm -hmm. those are fun which kind of surprised me that's great. And yeah, because I, I mean, I love the idea of magic classes, but I feel like I always was kind of just chilling on the sidelines, like throwing fireballs and like, that's fun. But I got kind of bored of it after a while. And, and it's so. very easy to get stuck in a class because once you learn it, you're like, oh, yeah, I get this. It's mm-hmm. but it's more fun to, in my opinion. To... Mm-hmm. But Ranger was yeah. actually one that I wanted to try sometime. I like so it. it was just it was just really interesting that you picked those two because it was like oh <laughs> it does limit you I find with with long distance stuff I want to see if I can I need to up my stats I'm also she's a 70 year old human granny ranger so oh she's God. got really low constitution I'll have like so few hit points so it's good it's good that I'm long distance yeah that was the other <laughs> thing about like I was always the one in my party that would just get immediately yeah it's yeah so and that just got frustrating it's like I had to spend a lot of time healing myself or help having somebody else heal me and that kind of took away from I don't know it was it was nice to play someone that like I'm just like do it hit me see what happens I just (laughs) absorb it (laughs) it's nice when it has points like at like you being the tank and being hit 
asking for it in an mm -hmm. aggressive way plays into your character's personality. That's what mm -hmm. I like about D and D because the choices you make in the construction of just like the mechanics of your character can also work well in how their personality plays out. Because oh yeah, I I can't wait to get into my my little fantasy daughter and talk about her because yes. that is yes. exactly what I did. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess let's talk first about like your first exposure to D and D. Kind of like exploring the idea slash reputation of D and D in the eighties, nineties. Because I know certainly mm -hmm. what I thought D and D was when I was growing up, and how I interact with it now um, is different. Like I thought it was very. I didn't think it was awful and nerdy in the sense that. It just seemed like a lot of math and like not really interesting to me. Yes. Even though D&D &D for a long time was portrayed as like people who have no social lives. So they just stay in basements and play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And it's really nerdy and all this stuff. Kind of a yeah, bad Yeah, there were a lot of really bad examples. Mm -hmm. Because like we'll talk about later with introduction of live streaming and all of that stuff. Like, D&D &D really was, you had to just see it in person. And mm -hmm. so it was, I didn't have any really good examples. And uh, I agree with the with the math thing. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's just kind of how my first experience with D&D &D was many years ago. Your dad, just the, Your dad played D&D, &D, right? Oh, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Okay. But I have Sorry to no... interrupt you. We can we can cut that out, but continue with your train of thought. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's for this episode, as you know, I've been looking up examples of D D in in TV and movies to try to figure out where I first was exposed to it. And I can't mm -hmm. really find any from things that I remember watching. And I think it was just one of those things that just I absorbed into my social knowledge of the thing that existed it just seemed like when i heard about it it didn't sound like there was a lot of role playing involved it sounded like it was just all math and so it yeah. seemed like okay well that's like an old school geek thing that people still play from the 70s and 80s <laughs> but it's not something that i would like I just decided it was something I wouldn't like, so I never got into it until until college, honestly. Yeah, <clears throat> when I first started, I don't know, becoming more conscious of uh, nerdy things like comics and um, other things that are not comics, um, <laughs> I was into role-playing a lot, like like writing characters and interacting with other people's characters on um, the Neopets role-play boards, you know how it goes. But I knew there was a distinct distinction between um, role-playing and like writing and writing with people and the role-playing of D&D um, <clears throat> tabletop role-playing games. And I remember I specifically was like, well, I'm not into tabletop games. I don't know that. I just know it's just, honestly, it seemed intimidating to um, approach and try and get into that. Yes, uh, it I did. Wasn't, yeah. And I wasn't interested in that when I was in middle school or high school, but getting into college and then now before um before i really found groups of friends that i wanted to like try this out with it was just kind of a thing that seemed intimidating and just kind of hard to get into mm -hmm. i think I, I think the first kind of like knowledge i had that it was a thing that was maybe a little bit 
outside of just people hunched over a table like doing math was um, that video of that guy who was LARPing in the forest and he was shouting lightning bolt and throwing things. You know what I'm talking about? Sort of. That It was a meme in high school. I remember seeing it and I was like, this is amazing. He looks like he's having lots of fun. It's interesting now to see that D&D is cool again. Well, to be fair, I think that you and I are still kind of brand new to D&D in the scheme of things for how long it's been around. I don't think it ever, like, was uncool. I think it just, a lot more people got exposure to it, like us. Because really, D&D has not really changed. I mean, it's gone through different editions and stuff, but I feel like the same concept has been pretty pretty solid. Yeah, because I remember when it came to accessibility and stuff, like if you wanted to play D&D and you didn't have any friends that wanted to play D&D, you would just go to your comic book shop and find random people to play D&D with. And it might be fun or it might be terrible because I think as we all know, the group makes the experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and that's intimidating, starting off something yes. um, with people you aren't familiar with, with you don't trust, at least mm-hmm. at least for me and the experience that I've had when, with starting D&D. Uh, I, I've had a couple groups and it's a lot better when I, um, I have a lot more fun when I can trust these people with my characters mm-hmm. and trust that we all want the same thing out of this experience. For example, if like if, if one character wants to be evil and like evil alignment and my character is lawful good or other people in the party are more on the good side of things we're gonna clash heads but we need to like talk about it first and be like well I don't know if I want to play a game where there's that much tension or make it or we can make a decision with like yeah it'd be really fun to have a campaign of all evil alignments like let's try let's become an evil league of evil and sort this out it's always better with communication and it's easier with people that you know and want to collaborate with because that's what role-playing tabletop role-playing games are it's more collaborating with people and creating a story where everyone's kind of involved it's not it's not really the dm leads you all but everyone contributes to the story Mm -hmm. what's so fun about it yeah and and one other thing that i'll go ahead and just mention because i hate mentioning it but i feel like a lot of people will understand where i'm coming from and it's thankfully gotten a lot better today, I think, because of popular d and uh, teams and groups. Um, I'd like to say up until like maybe five or ten years ago, when I first started getting kind of seriously interested in it, it seemed out of all of the other kind of nerd groups that there are, D&D was always, to me, seemed very much a boys club. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe yeah. there was like one girl that would just, it was like, you know, she was like a unicorn. You're like, oh my God, a girl that plays D&D? That's amazing. <laughs> of course, it's silly now. And I know that there are lots of women that play, including mm-hmm. us. Uh, but for a long time, it just, again, it was another thing that it was like, that's just something that's not for me. And I don't it's think I'll have fun in it. And yeah, so, certainly when you would like go out in public and go to the cottage shops and see people. Um, like playing D&D at comic shops or wherever. It was mostly men, mostly dudes. And I'm really grateful that now, whenever I go to a comic shop, a lot of times I see like 
like there's been several times in the past couple of months that I've gone to various shops in my area and it's been an all women staff working there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is awesome. Like, this is kick ass. I feel welcome and like excited, comfortable just looking around at comics. Whereas before, like I've had some bad experiences in. Yeah. And it's, it's nothing like, it's nothing that uh, it's not like I felt like I wasn't welcome or anything. It just mm -hmm. seemed yeah. like it was a hobby that I would not have fun with because I don't know how to explain it. It's just, again, it was more of the, and we'll get into it with our, with our personal experiences, but it was, I thought it was a lot of uh, writing down numbers and rolling dice. And then, yeah, that is a main part of it, but I didn't think there was any actual, I thought I was weird for wanting to actually do like role playing and like play a character. Mm -hmm. I didn't think people actually did that. I thought that they just worked on the worksheets and, <laughs> they got they just got enjoyment out of you know rolling the right numbers and had really no emotional attachment to these characters in their head yeah I thought it was much more technical yeah I, I'm really interested to see like so when did you start playing d and I started I don't remember exactly when I started d and because I think I mentioned to this to you earlier mm -hmm. um but my first introduction to D&D really was more other popular role-playing tabletop settings. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, uh, obviously it was modeled after D&D, but it wasn't D&D. It oh, was... Like Pathfinder um, and things? No, it wasn't Pathfinder. Like, there was one that was a, a vampire one. Like, there's different kinds of vampire that you can be, so it's like a different like, class. Yeah, and, the, and there's actually... There's actually a game on Steam that you can play and you'd have things like you had like humanity levels and like your blood levels and all that stuff that you had to take care of. So it's like you had to feed every hour or your humanity levels went down and stuff and you started becoming more monster. And That's fun. yeah, it was fun. So that was kind of my intro. And we did a few other ones. Like we found like a, um, like a Star Wars one too, and we would do that. And these are all things that we did during the summer uh, in college. We would just kind of be like, "Hey, I found this, uh, you know, this Star Wars role play like packet. Who wants to be a Jedi?" <laughs> and so we'd just make characters and do that for the summer. And then so after that, we would finally start playing D and D. And like I would keep. Like, we kept making groups, and then we'd get frustrated, and I would always leave, and then we'd start up again, it's we'd try something new, somebody else would be the DM, and it'd be a new story, and it just, like, we kept trying over and over, and most people stuck it out. I would usually quit really early because I didn't have a lot of fun because it was all math. We would have, and that's just how the the people in my group, that's how they liked to play it. They liked to play the numbers. They would, like, basically the DM would be like, okay, you guys are at a tavern and you're just hanging out. And then all of a sudden a guy comes in and gives you a quest and says, hey, can you go to this next town and deliver this stuff? And you'll say, okay. So then you go outside and then you run into some wolves. So roll your initiative. And I was like, okay, I just won't talk to my teammates at all. Mm -hmm. I played like with the, I played with a lot of people that like to find loopholes in the rules to show off, 
And then I'd have other people that had the entire handbook memorized. So they'd be like, oh, no, you can't do that. And then so they'd bust out like six players' handbooks and try to figure it out. And meanwhile, I'm over here waiting. It would take like two hours to go to do a turn. And I'd be like, I cast Fireball. My turn's done. And then I'd wait like two more hours to do it again. People take different enjoyment out of different aspects of D&D. That's why it's it's been around for so long and why it's so successful. But you definitely have to find the right kind of people um, mm-hmm. to play with it and have the same kind of goals. But I find it interesting that you joined in um, or like became interested in D&D first playing games that were kind of like spinoffs of it, like vampire-based and Star Wars-based. Because um, it kind of piques an interest in you that was mm-hmm. very specific. Um, like if you're a fan of Star Wars, hey, play this game. Oh, now mm-hmm. you've played this game. Now maybe you'd like D&D because you like the mechanics of this. Also, side note, I don't know how much you want to like talk about like complaining about your old D&D crew on I don't uh, care. a podcast. Okay, you don't care? Okay, cool. I They've all like, heard this to their face before. Okay, cool. Because like, they, I'm not they gonna... don't apologize for it. I mean, they're okay. like, yeah, that's just how I like to play. And I'm like, I understand, but it sucked. <laughs> yeah. And then so I kind of picked it up again, kind of recently. And only now have I actually made a character that is like a permanent character for me. And so now it's like, it's much more fun now because all the other characters, I'd just be like, I'm just going to make somebody up just to try out uh, whatever, you know? And, and so now I actually have a character that I came up with and she has a story and all the stuff. And so now it's like, okay, now this game is super fun because like I have my little child. Yeah, I I get, I get really attached to these characters and at least a lot of my friends um, love putting together uh, their sets of dice to color coordinate with their character and mm-hmm. all um, um, like miniatures or little things that represent their character. Um, like my character right now that I have the 70 year old granny ranger, um, my little miniature that I use for her was a thimble for a while because <laughs> she's grandma. So she like sews and stuff. But yeah, tell me about your uh, first character, I guess, and or like characters you'd want to play. Well, I don't remember a lot of my first characters. Uh, or like, your ones you, now. That you actually yeah, do, okay, sure. Because um, my characters would always just be like a magical little Mary Sue's that were like, I'm so, I'm a magical. Listen, uh, ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Right? <laughs> so mine that I have now, she is a paladin and she is a um specifically a green knight paladin she takes the oath of the ancients and so basically it's like she fights for like she fights for for nature and for like beauty in the world and all this yeah. other stuff and like that tracks with for you that makes sense. yeah but <laughs> here's here's the crazy part so i decided that basically the easiest way to create a character is, you know, in D&D universes, there's plenty of other things that you could be besides an adventurer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so why would my character decide to walk out the door and be like, I'm going to be an adventurer? My character wants to get free drinks oh my God. at every tavern. Oh my God. Because she's just that cool. 
Oh my God, please. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't, this is not going to devolve into just like me talking about my characters, but I got to say your, your paladin would get along so great with my party board, party boy, dragonborn paladin. His name was Rez and he also loves to drink. Like I imagine, I imagine that if she was like in modern times, she would be like trying to be like an Instagrammer, YouTuber, social media person. She'd be like trying to make a brand. That's amazing. Like I just, I just imagine her like taking selfies with like things she just killed and being like, yeah, that's hilarious. And like she's one of she's she's like the sort of person that's like. She sees anything and be like, oh, you walk into a room and you see a mystical, strange cloud of mist. It doesn't seem very friendly. My character is like, can I stab it? (laughs) That's her. She doesn't think before she does it. You know, she doesn't think before she speaks or acts. She's just like, I'll kill it. How can I have the most kill everything? Be like, but why can't I just, that'll just solve all of our problems if I just kill it. My party board, my party boy, Dragonborn. He likes to party and drink and like chill with people because he's very charismatic. But mm-hmm. he's also very strictly lawful good. But he'll like go into a tavern and see a bunch of like I don't know thieves and robbers and be like, y'all, we chill tonight. Let's have a drink. Rounds on me. But in the morning, I'm taking you to jail. He draws the line at like slavers and rapists. Obviously, yeah. um, he burned down a house once, and then like. <laughs> It, it's a it's there's a long story he's very big boy yeah um, my character is always like look i know a guy in this town who their cousin's neighbor owes me a favor so like we're in the clear like, she's I, always just ridiculous i typically i love characters who are big fucking idiots that's yes. my favorite Yes. I had another another D and D character who was a tiefling bartender. She was let's see. So for her, I came up with two. I came up with a strength and a weakness for her, and that suited her personality. Um, she was immune to poison. She couldn't be poisoned. She like, couldn't get hungover. Uh, but also, she had facial blindness. So oh no, she, listen. Uh, she flirts with everyone and is a bartender of this place and but she also can't remember people's faces so she can't remember oh, the no. faces of people she slept with and things like that oh my god like, hey welcome to my bar and they're like oh my god oh my god chastity also her name was chastity anyway they're like chastity you know me and she's like oh yeah like you're wearing that shirt i recognize you now and then like just trails of heart- heartbroken heartbroken souls behind her um that sounds so oh my god they would be best friends mm-hmm my my first D character, I think I'm cursed because my first one was the my druid. She would get sweaty a lot, especially when she lied. She would just sweat <laughs> just a lot. Just she's just a very sweaty, stupid idiot. And I love him. I love all these kids. <laughs> it's always more fun, at least for me, with D D when you fail in that. And that's something yeah. that like going into one of our next kind of topics is something that I like about this game that I didn't expect to like. Um, I didn't expect to I, I was so used to creating characters and stories that have arcs that I've already planned out or development that I already saw, but mm-hmm. discovering characters and their traits along the way as you played, um, not just based on what you started off with, was always like, it's always really fun to me because they're so different a couple months in than they were when you first had the idea for them. Yeah, like the reason I made her personality so 
crazy was because I was hoping that like interesting things would happen because yeah. she's there. Help, help <laughs> move the story along because I've like you, it's like come on guys let's let's make something happen let's get a bunch of reckless idiots together and have some fun with this. Yeah, and it's just so funny because like paladins are always like kind of selfless. They're like doing things for a for a good cause and like. <laughs> Like, my character's like, look, I heard that there's this bitchin' sword in the forest. Make and I gotta a be a paladin to get it. So I'm gonna go... Like, guess I'll take this, this oath and fuck and shit up. And I'm gonna so that I can get this cool fucking sword. And I can impress my god, who is basically David Bowie. What That's my life fuck? story. That's yeah. so cool! Oh, <laughs> god bless. Yeah, because... So I made this character in... We had like it was a homebrew universe and everything, and um, so I was asking the person that was putting it together, "Can my character, the god that she worships, can I just worship David Bowie?" And she was like, "Sure." And I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna go get this sword from the forest, so I can impress David Bowie." You should have led with that because that just explains a lot of her character. I'm like, ah, yes. <laughs> In my mind, but spe- but specifically Goblin King David Bowie. Oh, I mean, of course. Is there any? Okay, listen. All David Bowies are good in my book, but is there anyone that's that's superior? Probably the Goblin King Jareth. This. I mean, I, of- I'm hoping that for most people that's their default, but like, I just wanted to make that clear. Yes, just so we're all on the same page here. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. It's our first one, so we're still kind of learning everything, but we're having fun, and we're really glad that you took time to listen to us ramble. You can find us at GenFangirlPod at Twitter, and you can even email us at GenerationFangirlPod at Gmail. And we also have a coffee link in our Twitter account. You know, just if you feel like giving us a little tip jar... This just goes towards things like hosting the MP3 files and getting us new mics and and making us feel good, you know, if that's kind of your deal. If it's not, that's okay. Please leave a review if you like what you heard on whatever whatever the kids are using these days. There's so many. The iTunes and the Spotify's and the whatchamacallits. But just let us know if you like it. <laughs> You know, or if you don't like it, we're, we're big kids. We'll be like, oh, that's nice. The main and thing is that we'll just we'd like, quietly we'd cry like to know, Okay, okay. We'd like to know how to improve ourselves. So, yes, it is a learning experience. So, it'll be fine. We're asking for it, I guess. Maybe we'll learn to not talk over each other so much. So this kind of leads me back to our topic of easy accessibility to D&D because um, mm-hmm. it's retro, but it's also modern. And I love seeing and seeing like, like for example, the Adventure Zone or Critical Role and things mm-hmm. like that, where characters have qualities that are hilarious in nowadays. And we don't have to be just like, I'm a warrior barbarian, 
Um, we can have funny, silly things like my name is Taco and I used to be a fantasy chef, things like that. It makes it like modern and fresh. The cool thing that I like about D&D is that the basic structure of the game is very simple. It's mm -hmm. the players that kind of fill in the blanks for everything. Yeah. So or, it's or a very they're... simple idea for anybody to kind of pick up. Like you don't have to have ever played D&D to enjoy a D&D live stream or podcast or whatever. It's just you have you just have to understand, okay, there are fantasy adventurers and there you go. And so I think that's just the really the really fun part about how D&D is now because it's so easy for people that, you know, again, Maybe they don't go to conventions or they don't visit comic book shops often, but they can very easily be part. It's not exclusive mm -hmm. to other D&D people. Like yeah, anybody can enjoy it. And so that's what's so fun about it these days because it has become like a radio play. Yeah. And, and if they want to, if you want to start doing it, it's the resources are easily available. And honestly, it, because, D&D, like you get, you get the books and stuff. It's not a blank slate. They have structures. So you can pick and choose as much from it as you want. And honestly, props to DMs who neither of us, we're not, D I, I'm not a DM. I don't think you are either. Mm -mm. Um, I would like to someday. It, it's that in itself is intimidating. But yes. I have so much respect for um, my friends who have DM'd and people whose podcasts I listen to. The characters do fill in a lot of, um, at least for, for listeners and for the players, they fill in the adventure and uh, kind of like have the human interactions there. But the DM can kind of build this playground on which the characters can either destroy or uh, ignore or whatever. God bless DMs, honestly. But what's really fun is that like you can take the structure of D&D. &D. Like, okay, we've got character sheets. We've got dice that you roll. We've got different rules of um, like how you can battle and how we go around in a turntable style. You can make a story about like an underwater mermaid society or like pirates or underground dwellers or another example. It doesn't just have to be fantasy world. Here's a tavern. Here's a board of quests and go, I guess. Not only so accessibility in D&D, not only are the D&D books like more easily accessible either online or in stores, or you listen to a podcast, you kind of get the feel of how it's going. But also we have a lot more D&D examples in pop culture nowadays. Um, yes. And ones that are actually positive and fun and characters are having fun while they play them. So it's interesting for little kids. It's not just like, here's this like shady villain who lives in their basement and they like play like D&D. So that makes them weird. No, this is like fun stuff. Um, a couple examples that I have that I looked up the other day um, or was reminded of, one of them is um, Gravity Falls had this one episode uh, in 2015 called Dungeons and Dragons. No, it was called Dungeons and Dungeons and more Dungeons, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, and a lot of episodes like that and like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have an episode called Mazes and Mutants. Um, they're little fun plays on D&D, &D, but they often have um, the characters start off playing the board game and then they either get sucked into it or in the case of the turtles, they've got this character who kind of builds this fantasy. They go LARPing, so the LARPing turns too real and they end up having <laughs> to like fight monsters in the sewers that are now mazes and they're dungeons and all this stuff. But it's like fun fantasy aspect that characters who are kids in the shows are playing D&D. Um, 
or D&D like games and having fun. And so I think it's really sweet that it's portrayed nicely now instead of as a weird, nerdy, bad thing. Nerd culture is cool again and kids can get excited for it like they Mm -hmm. should be. Yeah, I have seen a lot more D&D inspired episodes of stuff popping up, which I think is really great because I just feel like it's becoming, it's kind of blending in with other uh, fandom communities, I suppose. Like I know that there's, I know that there was a a Voltron one, which kind of doesn't really, I don't know how it makes sense. I think it was just kind of like a fun episode. I haven't seen it, but it looks, it looks cool. And well... (laughs) I mean, I have. I'm not caught up on on Voltron, but I know I that they had. Yeah, but um, so the one that I wanted to talk about was the Community episode, because oh, when did is, that? I'm curious. When did that air? Do you that know? That aired. It was. Was that back in it, 20? That was 2011. Interesting. Yeah, because it was very early. It was like the second season, and. Yeah, the the turtles was, and the gravity falls episodes I mentioned were in 2014 and 2015 respectively, but it seems that D and D has become more. It's get, been getting more reference, or rather, D and D centric episodes mm-hmm. um, around yeah. like, the 2010 era. But this was the first time I really saw it in like kind of uh, what's the word like live action on NBC, you know, whatever yeah. whatever channel it was on. A and, major channel that's not yeah, like just a and it was it was really neat because it kind of um so the the plot of the episode basically so yes, community is about so community is about a community college and it starts out normal and as it keeps going it gets insane but they Again, had this it's just like i love these stupid idiots okay, yeah continue. and so they had this they had this D episode which was hysterical and um it centered around there was uh this kind of background character um they actually handled the was it Starburns? no it was oh. it was somebody else um but it actually it started out as a really serious episode um and it has this like this uh voiceover with this you know kind of slightly British sounding lady, you know, like narrated and all this stuff. There's this one character, he was kind of a background character. And as the prologue went on, it made it, it talked about how depressed he was and all this stuff. And it, yeah, he was not in a good place. They don't say it, but it, it was not good. So basically the entire cast of the show, the study group, invite him they're like okay well he really likes D. so let's play D with him so only one of the characters has ever played the token nerdy guy and everybody else is playing for the first time so it's fun because you can like you don't have to know anything about D. you're learning along with them but like i remember <laughs> the way that it's written it's like it's obviously written like a love letter to D. it's just it's so funny like it's it's like the one episode I show everyone of of the show and like I remember there is this one part where um again the the um the narrator this woman she she narrated something about like and then the group walked and as they described how they walked the dm confirmed that they did indeed walk <laughs> just like <laughs> It's just so Every funny. time something happens, everyone needs to know exactly how their character does it. <laughs> yeah, and it was and and it was just super funny because it was like a random grab of character sheets. So <laughs> you'd have like 
like the characters were playing somebody that they would never actually play. It was it was just super funny. Yeah, I always love when shows have a um, fantasy D and D episode and they have the people dress up as what they are. I guess that's really yeah. because because cartoons and TV shows are obviously a visual format. Um, it it often plays a lot more like LARPing than it does mm-hmm. like D and D tabletop gaming. Um, uh, which actually kind of brings me to the next topic of podcasts and how the audible format, like we've been yes. seeing a lot more of podcasts doing D and D sessions lately, which I, I adore. I yeah, adore this. I, I, this is going to be a horrible pun, but I don't care. Oh God, go it's for it. Totally a game changer. I like, hate you. It really oh. is though. It really oh. is. Like, it, I, no, man. No, no, stop, stop, stop. I'm still reeling from that joke. God, <laughs> I hate you. It is a game changer, though. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, it is a game changer, though, because it's I've been playing D and D since whenever it started, eighties, seventies. I don't know. I didn't research. Um, <laughs> just your brain's melting out of your ears now. That out. People, I need don't need to know that I didn't research things. Um, okay, my point is that. People have been playing D and D for a while. It started now, but... in 1974. 74, nice. But because yeah. podcasts are now also having their kind of, they're kind of getting like a, a resurrection. They've been around for a while, but they're getting more popular um, in mainstream culture, which is awesome. Um, but now because of that, people who have been playing D and D for a while can kind of like listen to other people's things without having to watch a long video of people just sitting at a table. Not saying that Critical Role isn't interesting for that. Like that's great because they've got like voice actors who and like actors who do facial expressions while they play the game, and it's fun to watch. But they also, I believe, Critical Role um, publishes an Audible format of it as well. Um, so having like podcasts come back in vogue and seeing like all the readily available consumable D and D content is very cool. Because anyone who's just playing a D and D game, they're like, you know what? This is lots of fun. We should like put this out there. We should record ourselves because it's like a fun glimpse into friendships. Also, I think um, I'm getting a little meta with it now, but Sorry. the audible format definitely lends well to an imagination-based game. Um, whereas the the examples we see in TV shows and stuff are a little bit more like LARPing, which I also love. But yeah. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say on the game changer? <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm all done. You're done? Okay. Yeah, my favorite thing about um, all these all these podcasts and, and live streams that have been happening is that there is a sense of community. And it is kind of almost like a TV show in a way. Yeah. It's like every week you get together and you watch. I mean, they are essentially actors in a way, uh, you know, perform. And it's kind of, ha- it's not really scripted, you mm-hmm. know, because you can't really script. I mean, you can have an idea of what the players are going to do or what they're going to face, but there's you a, can't big, a big element of improv story. in it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, you know, like my favorite, though, like, okay, I'm not in, I don't know very much about Critical Role because it is very intimidating um, because they have very long a sessions. Mm-hmm. Yes, and but I've seen so many amazing fan arts and you know people oh, not yeah. wanting spoilers because they're very attached to these characters. The and 
you know, like you get into this, you really do get into a, a community and mm -hmm. uh, it is a fandom, but it's also, it feels a little more personal somehow, I guess. I think because it is not scripted and because it is being developed as it's released, it's not, it's not a long TV show that mm -hmm. already has like a set plot. It's kind of something that we see unfold before our eyes and can all be and, excited and shocked about that. Yeah. And I think another thing that I really like about it is because um, both to the players that are participating in it and the the audience who mm -hmm. are either listening or viewing or however they are consuming these stories, it's all imagination. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you can have like, quote unquote, official art or whatever. But for the most part, from what I've seen, most people are like, hey, you just make up your own interpretation as to what my character looks like. It's fine. And and, and it's it's one of those things that Okay, this is going to be very generational and very old lady sounding. Go of for me. it, lay it on but me. It, you know, it's it is one of those things that I kind of miss from the days before social media and even technology. I mean, it it's like you know you you think of like oh, what did kids used to do before like YouTube and iPads and stuff, and it's like. We, Man, we, were, read a, uh, we read a lot of books. Like, we were on Neopets. We were on Neopets. Yeah, we, we went outside and we like made up our own games and made up you know, our own stories. And so it kind of does remind me a lot of that because it it's you know it is very personal and it's yeah. it's just fun because it's I know I totally like things are things are you know kind of like provided for you when it comes to how things are visualized and whether it's you know, you got people arguing about what is canon and what isn't and all this stuff about, like, how like, somebody looks or, or uh, how they act or something. But you drew, with, like, Keith from Voltron too short or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, <laughs> listen, listen. And not, not to turn on, not to, like, put on my nostalgia glasses and be like, things were better back in the day. Um, but I do under understand you with, like, it, it's fun to see something that's certainly more um, imagination based than yes. uh, than having set designs and set things. Um, I'm a huge fan of Taz, um, the Avenger Zone. Um, mm -hmm. And what I what really drew it to me first, um, and that was also my introduction into D&D &D, um, and getting involved in it and wanted to play it myself. Um, but what drew me to it is that there were no set designs for the characters. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, I'm looking at my wall right now that I've got some like drawings of Taz up on the wall and, and everyone had a different take on how mm -hmm. Taco Magnus and Merle looked. Everyone had a different design for them. And there were some, there are some designs that are more um, fandom kind of centric or based. Like, yes, like we, we think like Lucretia would probably look more like this or um, mm -hmm. Clark is a bugbear. So he's got to look like a bugbear. But uh, even with the, uh, the release of the Taz graphic novel, um, which has, which does have official designs for that. I know the McElroy brothers who produce the, or who make the show specifically said like, well, this is just like for the graphic novel. Like we love having all these other different designs for it. And same mm -hmm. with Critical Role. I know specifically for this new season, they're in their second season right now. Um, before they started, they came up with the characters and they had someone design their characters for them or rather, I guess they had input with them. So they do mm -hmm. have set designs for them. Like, um, the tiefling character Molly has a like tattoo on his neck and he has a very specific look. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of fan art we see goes off of those specific designs, but it's nice that people can still be really creative with it, even though we have, especially with D&D, &D, like 
gnomes look a certain way. Halflings are always going to be like this tall. Tieflings are typically like this tall. They always have like horns and tails, but people can play around with it. We can give them like ram horns or antelope horns. The, the other fun thing is that usually with these characters, it's kind of like either they have like an item, like I can spot a taco cosplayer. <laughs> So easy. Yes, God. All, look different. And all you have to do is be an elf and have an umbrella and like all these other little trinkets. And I'm just like, I know exactly who you are. You look nothing like all the other taco cosplayers I've seen. And it's awesome. There's and, someone with a beard and a bunch of flowers are in that beard. And they, yeah. like, they like maybe are holding a flask. I don't know. That's Merle. That's Merle yeah. from Adventures. Yeah. And, but the fun thing is, is especially, and I mean, this kind of goes just with with cosplay but I guess it also goes with fan art too um you know when it comes to representation and diversity and all that stuff like it's fun that there's no rules Mm -hmm. it's kind of more like as long as they have these items that identify them as this character or like they have like a marking or something or something yeah they can be they can look however I want yeah I mean like cosplayers of any skin tone can can cosplay any character topic for another time uh, obviously it's oh, kind of yeah. we'll, you know we'll get into but cosplay. but it is nice for someone to be like i don't have to and that's also kind of a stressful thing i think with cosplayers when it comes to accuracy Definitely. when there isn't when there isn't official art and you can kind of just make it up like that's kind of a relief. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to worry about like, oh well, that's the wrong shade of lavender. Like nobody cares. You don't have to. You don't have to get stressed about shitheads who are gonna be like, oh, technically pushes up my glasses. That's not very accurate. It's like fuck off, dude. <laughs> yeah, and like that was kind of my thing with because these characters that we made for our homebrew D and D, um, we kind of wanted to make like a you know a a live stream sort of thing with them uh and i always said that if our DD campaign ever got like popular and stuff i was like look my character she's got an action ponytail that's it that's all you need to say like she could she could have a little teeny tiny ponytail she can have a long one she could have like like a, a half her head is shaved you can do whatever you want like as long as she's got a little action ponytail that's it you know and it's just the thing that I love is whenever people will um do fan arts of like a really big scene or even like a small comic yeah. you get to see that scene you get to see it done like dozens of times so you get mm-hmm. to like relive this favorite scene I get to see my favorite character like from this show I get to see them in a tons of different outfits and tons of different interpretations that's mm-hmm. so much fun to me yeah so that's why I'm really excited that there's like I said, it's almost like a like a little radio play or something because it's, you know, because otherwise the only way that you would know about these stories is if you were playing it yourself or you just came over to visit while somebody else was playing their campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but this allows, you know, people all over the world to yeah. partake in the same campaign and they all get to watch. And it's just, it's just so much fun. Like I completely understand the, I guess the new... I don't want to say the new market for for D and D podcasts, but it definitely is. It's the like, resurrection of like I don't know the the, the newfound interest in it, the mm-hmm. new like how it's become this phenomenon. Yeah, after all these podcasts are becoming popular, is that a lot of people started playing D and D for the first time, yes. and they've had so much fun and they've made friends, and it's just really great. 
Yeah, and, and strengthened friendships. And I mentioned it before, but what one of the main things that I love about listening to different D&D podcasts is you get glimpses in on these friendships. You get to see these people all working to create something together, um, not from like a professional perspective, but just because like, hey, we're all friends when we're nerds and we like to build this thing together. Mm -hmm. And also in a little way, you kind of like, you feel closer to them too. Like you like, it, it's it's like they're they're sharing this piece of them with you. I I think D and D is a really personal experience, at least, oh, at yeah. least for me, because these characters become like your children, or they become you, or they become just like something you want to um, see grow. And maybe you destroy them along the way, and then you <laughs> see them get better or whatever. But it definitely becomes really personal. Very cool to, and I just feel like privileged that I'm able to listen to these things and get a glimpse in on that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I wish these were around when I was in middle school, high school. I'm, I'm actually super jealous of younger, (laughs) younger geeks these days, but I mean, I'm just glad that it's here. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, I guess as we wind down the episode, um, I can do my second get to know us question. Not that we haven't been talking about ourselves this entire time. It's fine. (laughs) Um, I love talking about myself. Hello, 2018. <laughs> Millennial problems. <laughs> Treat yourself by talking about yourself. Um, okay, my question. Uh, in D&D, if you had to be uh, a D&D race, what would you be? And this isn't like, what would you choose? Because like, listen, I would love to be a tiefling, but I would not be a tiefling. Um, but what would you be, Peony? Like, <laughs> Like, like if I would just, like, if you were just, if you were transported into a D and D world, if you and humans there, are not included, are out of the boring. question. Yeah, that's boring. What would you be? Man, I'd be an elf. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. so biased. I mean, I I like to play half elves a lot. Um, my paladin is actually. I, I think you would be a half elf or an elf. Yeah, but man, I just I would not. <laughs> I just yeah, I don't know why. I'm just like man. I want to look real young, mm-hmm. but I'm actually 300 years old. I wish, I wish I would be an elf, but I think, I think I would be, I think I'd be like, like a half orc or like a, a, a halfling or something. Yeah. I can't see myself as any other, I, I could maybe be a tiefling. I could, I could see being a tiefling, but like, no, even that's you, a little strange. A, you can't be a tiefling if I can't be a tiefling. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I can't see myself as a gnome. I can't see myself as a halfling. I can't yeah. see myself as anything except elf like. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 kind of short, so I think I would be. I think a halfling would suit me. I mean, I'm not tall either. I am average. That's why you could be a half elf. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Like half elves are always really fun because like half elf usually was my first of, character. Yeah, like that was, usually that was my sweaty time. druid. <laughs> Usually a lot of times, like, not one of the main, one of the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Easily defaults? One of, the, yeah. one of the defaults. They, um, have all this, they have all the cool, like, like race benefits. Like, yeah, that's they get the thing. A bunch of shit. But, that's but I mean, literally like, why I chose it the first but time. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, one of the, one of the default things about half-elves, um, and this changes sometimes, but when I first started playing D&D, kind of the default thing was that half-elves are... They feel alone because yep, they don't know they don't belong in either they're world like, they're and they're angsty and I was just like world. and it's and like, I was, then they gotta go off into the wild and become an adventurer. 
Yeah, because it's like, well, they don't, they don't belong in the elf world, but they also don't belong in the in the human world. And I was just like, their way. I was like, man, my character doesn't care. She's like, "Mm, so I'm a little (laughs) taller than you. What are you gonna do about it? Mm." (laughs) My half elf is just like gets nervous and sweats everywhere and lies all the time. (laughs) A very bad druid. (laughs) That's wow. That's just. See, like, it's these little personality quirks that are just really funny to me. I'm just, I don't know. I'm all about that. I've enjoyed talking about D&D with you. This has been a good time. Thank you. This has been the first episode, technically, of Generation Fangirl. Woo, we Um, did it. Hope you enjoyed. We just rambled a lot, but hey, that's what a podcast is. Yeah, that's what and we do. Tune in next time to hear us ramble about um, episode two is going to be guilty pleasure fandoms, guilty pleasure, like nerd culture, what it means to love a show, but be like, oh, I don't actually love it, though. It's just my guilty pleasure. Should no, I'm that. not ashamed. <laughs> You're not ashamed? I'm going to destroy even that I'm just going to destroy the idea that guilty pleasures are a bad thing. All right. I mean, I agree with you, but I'm also going to get very flustered talking about my guilty pleasures. That's what the people want. That's what the people want. (laughs) It's going to be therapeutic. I promise we'll be fine. Um, Well, I guess this is our sign off then. (laughs) So thanks for listening. Thank you. Generation Fangirl. I'm Caroline. And I'm Peony. We'll see you next time. Bye.